I am very excited to bring you my next guest on the podcast. I did my very first real estate transaction with this agent. His name is Martin Carpenter, and he has been a realtor since 1985. He has a vast experience and has covered all things from commercial, residential, new construction, multifamilies, you name it, Martin's pretty much done it in the real estate business. He and I did, he was my first transaction that I've ever did in real estate. He was kind, genuine, and very sympathetic to a newbie trying to learn how to really work a real estate transaction. We've been friends ever since, and it's been a lot of fun having somebody in the business with that much experience that I can just call up and pick his brain. And uh, I mean, he's he's done a lot from serving on the board of realtors um, to now training uh, real estate agents. He's a great human being, and I had a great time talking to him. And I think you're going to really enjoy this episode. So here's my friend, Martin Carpenter. So we met because you were the first agent that I did a deal with. I know. Not only that, but also you were the nicest person ever throughout the whole transaction. We've been friends ever since. Uh, well, I, I appreciate that. And you you did a great job with, with that from that standpoint. And uh, That was mostly I, Donna handholding. Oh, well, Donna and I did have some conversations about you, Corey. So. <laughs> Hopefully all good ones. Hopefully all good ones. Well, you know, there was a couple of times she said, well, I need to do this. I said, aren't you going to let Corey do it? How is ever going to learn? You know, got to let him go. <laughs> yeah, that's Donna. She's she's she like uh, she's my unofficial mom. Yes, that's exactly right. She was being very, very protective. So, <laughs> How long have you been in real estate for? I know you told me this answer, but. Oh, that's okay. Um, you know, so uh, I, I, I received my license in December of 1984 back when continuing well education was not required to obtain your license so it was phased in um, prior to that so when I was I could take my state exam and then I had a the first year I had to complete the salesperson qualifying course within the first year oh wow really yeah yeah. Oh, that's so, interesting. What was yeah. the trigger? What made you say, you know what, I need to go into real estate? Uh, you know, there's a variety of reasons why, you know, ultimately it was always something that did intrigue me. And then ultimately I said, you know, I want to do better, you know, and, and I said, you know, I think I can do this. It, you know, it, it, there was that little bit of that passion that was kind of in, in me that I just said, you know, I want to do better. And I would think this could be, this could be a, a interesting turn for me more than anything else. So. Yeah, and you uh it's interesting because we kind of have some parallels where I was in uh retail before I started real estate and you were in grocery, right? Yep, retail. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, so it's still the same thing. I mean, grocery is a different beast when you talk retail. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And you know, but you know, as I always say, you know, sometimes, you know, I was used to working crazy awful hours. So, yeah. real estate yeah, right. I, that was going to be my next question. Was there any big common threads between uh, going from uh, grocery to real estate? Um, you know, really, it was just a matter of working hard and, you know, quite frankly, being self-sufficient. I mean, I had no problem with that. But that's kind of in my own DNA to be self-sufficient and strive to improve and want to do better. 
So that's, yeah. you know, you could, you could go back, you know, Dr. Corey and go back to my childhood and figure all that out. And Dr. Uh, Corey. Yeah. This is, this is really like a therapy session. Really what it is. <laughs> which, which is okay. You know, isn't that what conversation is about? It is sharing. It is getting to know somebody. It is, um, you know, uncovering. And sometimes, you know, I say as, we're even in the business or just getting to know somebody, you know, you are peeling back that onion, you know, you're finding out those layers of somebody. So I like that. I like that term peeling back that onion. So, cause that is, everybody has different layers. And especially when you work with so many people, the, the, uh, the volume of people that we work with on a yearly basis is pretty crazy. Especially if you are an agent like yourself, who is puts out, you know, X amount of dollars, a top, top producing agent. That's a lot of people you see. Yeah. Oh, oh, absolutely. And, and, you know, it's not just those people you see that year. It's all the relationships that you've built over the years that you are seeing when you're in the grocery store. You're seeing out and about in a, in a restaurant and waving high and and helping them remember the relationship that you had with them with them when they were out selling their house or buying the house in the process and the journey. Yeah. And that's that's the rewarding part about it. Right. It's It's almost like it's I get to do something that makes me feel good, but also help them with, oh. you know, the biggest purchase of their life. You know? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, having having helped them through that process, you know, you are you are intimately involved in their life. You know, one of the hardest things is, is that you're involved with their life intensely for 10 weeks, mm-hmm. 180 weeks. You know, I mean, you know, it can vary, yeah. obviously. And then once it's done and over with, you know, it's, you know. They're not, you're not abandoning them and they're not abandoning you, but they're they're ready to move on and, and be comfortable in their own place and start their new life and or whatever the case would be. So sometimes right. that's always the saddest part is that your relationship now changes. Yeah. You, by doing your job, your relationship changes. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you say that because I just I I was just going over that where uh, I worked with this very nice person, Kathleen. Uh, she worked for me at PetSmart. And mm-hmm. we got a contract accepted on a house way back in, I want to say it was May. Yeah, it was like May, June. And she was such a sweetheart. She waited six months because the seller had to find suitable housing, waited six months for them. And then we, then uh, after the six months, she decided, you know what? I'm just going to cut my ties. I got a promotion at work. I can afford more. So let's see what's out there. And then we got her to close in like 45 days. And I went from texting her like every week to now nothing at all. And Kathleen was like one of the nicest people ever to talk to, right. you know, yeah, and, and that that's the real world. I mean, you know, so you always want to go back and, but you know, sometimes it is pushing them out the nest and allowing them <laughs> to go on. It really yeah. is a way. Yeah. Right. No, but, totally. You know, they're intimately involved with you. I mean, to, to as much as they need to be, but you, you invest yourself into them. You're emotional let alone your time and energy away from your own family to be there, to be a little bit at their a whim when they're available. You put everything aside for them. You know, I mean, the job as far as real estate sales is not a nine to five job. You know, I mean, as you know, I mean, you're you're always on and yeah. uh, and you. But at the same time, you also you I, I watch in your social media, you do a great job in 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 making sure that you're there with your son. And you're there as yeah. a family, and that, right. that really important. And you know, yeah, that, don't, don't let that go. Yeah, that's like the hardest part about the job, right? Is the juggling act, like trying to balance, find 
finding the perfect balance for for family for for clients and then i also struggle when i'm when i have downtime when i'm when it's like late at night like this and i'm just putzing around on xbox i always feel guilty like i should be doing more and i still struggle i remember saying that to you many moons ago and i still struggle with that where i feel like even when i'm relaxing i'm like man i should be doing something right now i should be doing something well feeling guilty for unnecessary maybe yeah. you know you know self-improvement enjoying i mean you know sometimes it's okay to veg out you know whatever that might be if it is an xbox now obviously becomes an obsession and yeah uh, right, you know, right. <laughs> that's well with anything i have to put rules around stuff or i just go hog wild like like i don't do i don't do any video gaming until like eight o'clock like that's ashen's in bed everybody's taken care of I rarely, I hardly get any text messages this late. I mean, it happens, but hardly. And it's nothing that I can't just go pause, answer the text message, pull up the MLS. Like it's, it, that's, that's nothing to me, but I have to put rules and structure something around or I'll just start playing video games at 11 well, o'clock. But you know, also, even there's rules and structure that you can put around to your clients and, you know, I'm yeah. here for you, but understand that, you know, I'm not here at midnight. Yeah. And, right. and, you know, there are clients that would, would take you at midnight from that standpoint. I mean, yeah. years ago, I had somebody that would call and call my house phone, by the way, you know, back back when you did have your house phone number listed, not cell oh, phone, right. you know, for that standpoint. <laughs> so really date myself. You know, he'd call five in the morning. I'm wow. not up at five in the morning intentionally from that yeah. standpoint. Um, and, and, you know, and I said to him, I said, why do you call at five in the morning when you know that I'm still asleep? He said, I'm up. <laughs> and you know, and this is when I start my day and I want to start with a conversation with you. Oh, no, no, I could feel honored, I guess, in some ways. But but again, that single minded and I understand, you know, during that process, being very much in tune, that's what they can think about. I mean, yeah, well, and it's also it's interesting because it's a business where it, you have to be so fluid with personalities, right? Like that oh, guy that w- wakes up at 5 a.m. I bet you he has a completely different like routine and different thought process than, you know, Sally and, and Jimmy, the first time home buyers that, you know, like I, I just think it's, it's interesting because you have to be very, your personality almost has to be like Play-Doh with people, right? Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, cause you have to like form to them and figure out what, what clicks with them and the best suits for them. It's such an interesting job. Cause I can't think of many jobs that's like that. Well, we do. We do have to be a chameleon when it comes to, you know, mm. adjusting to people. Now, that. does that does that mean you have to give up your values and your integrity? Absolutely not. But sometimes you just have to find ways to relate and to speak to them so they can they can hear what you're trying to say. And so they understand that there's a benefit in what you're trying to say to share with them, whether it's market knowledge or how to negotiate or have them discover what they're trying to find. I mean, I know I, I probably have had conversations with you before, you know, when you've asked me questions, sometimes you're sitting down with the buyers and let's just say there's two buyers and let's just say they're in a relationship as far as whether it's married or not. And, and you're sitting down and asking them what they're looking for. They haven't even talked to each other yet. And yeah. so, sometimes you're asking and, you know, I've had people, you know, turn and go, you want that, you know, and th- they, they don't talk. So, you know, when you started off, you were in a word, the therapist to some extent. We are because we are we are learning about them 
and we're trying to help them discover what it's important to them so we can remind them through their journey of, of the process. So, and you know, yes. we see people, as I would say, they're absolute best and they're absolute worst because it's stressful. Even when it's exciting, even when it's happy, that's stress. And you know, if there's ways to relate to somebody that they can understand and speak a language and you know, you know, before we kind of started and we were, and I was kidding with you, you know, um, you know, as far as um, bleeping me from that standpoint, I really don't, <laughs> I don't swear very much, but, uh, but, you know, bleeping me, you know, you know, ultimately, you know, sometimes you have to, not that you have to um, um, modify how you are, but sometimes you need to get into their mindset and their zone. And is that speaking in a very direct way versus somebody else that is going to be a little bit more sensitive and you've got to get to the point, but you've got to take them and have them understand the different steps versus that one person that says, I want to know the bottom line and I want to know it now. And you got to tell it to me the way it is. Other people don't want to hear that. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's a hard balance to find. To, it, it it takes me until I show at least like a handful of houses in them where I can really get a good feel of them. Cause at first base, it's really hard to be like, okay, this is the person that wants the facts and the numbers on stuff. They don't care about anything else. And then this is the person that wants to make sure, you know, uh, they're more concerned about the, the dining room size than they are about what the age of the mechanicals are. So it's like, you're all, it's always this battle of like, all right, I got a new dance partner. Now I got to figure out how I'm going to dance with them. Right. I got to figure yeah. out how I can right. best be the best dance partner that I can be. Right. right. And have them accept you to be the dance partner. Sometimes yeah. you, know, you are, you know, you got to be the lead in that and because they need, they're looking to you for that. But sometimes everyone takes that journey a little bit differently. So, yeah, it's interesting that you said that is being the, the dance partner. And sometimes it doesn't work out, right? Like I'm sure you've had buyers come up to you and say, oh. Hey, I was working with, with Corey from Howard Anna and I didn't like the way that he was working. Can I, can I come work, work for you? Can I work? Right. Can you be my agent instead? Right. Yeah. Oh, and you know, guess what? You know, you you're going to help people that want to be helped by you. Trust relationship, and sometimes you're not the right fit for them. That's okay. It's 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 okay. Obviously, you try to, for me, and I think probably for you, knowing what I know about you, you try to analyze it and say, okay, what could I've done differently? Um, What did where did I go off the rails a little bit for that they didn't see the value that I wanted to bring or the intent that I wanted to bring? But sometimes there is it's just not a good fit. Um, yeah. Or, or you don't want to compromise on how you're doing your business from the standpoint of they want you to do something that just goes against your values Yeah. from the standpoint of it, maybe it crosses the line into something unethical in, in my view, or, uh, you know, certainly not appropriate. That's going to achieve what they're going to do. And if, if, if they, if they don't feel that I can do that for them, then I'm not going to be the best fit for them. But, you know, on the yeah. flip side is I've been in a lot of houses. It's somebody's home. And, you know, it may not be my home. It may not be where I want to live. But I always remember that that's somebody else's home and it's somebody else's dream. And it's going to be a right fit for somebody. It may not be for everybody. I mean, yeah. you know, I was um, just recently I was in a house and somebody, you know, again, somebody said, you know, what do you think? Could you live here? It's like, when I'm in that house, I'm sure like you, 
it's not about you. You're not even, you're not even that. You might say, oh, gee, I like this compared to something else, but you're, you're never there saying, oh my gosh, I want to be in this house because mm-hmm. you're in a different zone. I'm in yeah. my, I'm in the zone for the buyers that I'm with, not about what I want. Yeah. I try to, I try to stay away from that, that question. When somebody asks me about that, I'm always like, well, I mean, I'm not the one that's going to pay the mortgage on the place. Right. I mean, does it, I always, I have the line that, uh, you know, I, I actually stole this from, uh, Bob Mattag from, mm-hmm. uh, I think he's from Fayetteville office. Yep. Yep. Um, he said, think about the things that you can't change about the house, right? Like layout and price. Does the layout make sense to you guys? Cause you guys can paint the living room, right? It doesn't matter what I think of the living room. I, the wallpapers, I don't like flower wallpaper, but that doesn't mean you guys can't like paint over it. How does the layout uh, oh, oh, look? Wait, Corey, in, uh, um, you, in the video here, what is that background that you're in? If you don't like floral wallpaper, it looks. This is called the great wave. It is oh. a, uh, it's a series <laughs> of, uh, I think it was actually woodblock prints. I've had this honestly for a very long time. It's, it's a better look than my gross like basement. As an agent, how do you handle video? What'd you say? I think for anyone who's only listening to this, they need to go to the video on your YouTube channel and see right. um, and see what the background looks like. That's right. I know it's. I love this thing. It's like one of my favorite, like one of my favorite works of art, and I've just I've had it for way too long. And it makes a prettier backdrop than I don't have. I don't have a legit office yet. My office is like a dining room table. <laughs> Isn't that where a lot of people's offices are? Yeah, especially right now, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. A lot of people had to kind of make their dining rooms into, I think that's why there's like this, this uh, crazy spike in buyers. Well, I think due in part that these people want to move on and get a bigger house. I know we're one of them. (laughs) I know we want to sell our house and get something bigger just for that exact reason. (laughs) It's it's more to clean. It's more to take care of. (laughs) Going back to, uh, like if you as an agent, if a client approaches you and says, uh, Hey, I was working with Corey from Howard Hand. I didn't like working with him, but now I want to work with you. I'd much rather, pr- I want, I want you to take care of me. How, how do you handle that conversation? Cause it's kind of a delicate conversation, right? Oh, oh it can't be. Well, first of all, the first thing I'd say is, well, I'm glad you got away from Corey because he's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> I was, and that was called a soft pitch right there. I was letting you. <laughs> no, no, Corey. So, uh, you know, I love to have a good laugh too from that standpoint and look at things just a little bit differently from time to time. So, really, you know, one of the things, you know, I mean, that's a great question. And, you know, we all have those things when we're faced with something. I want to say, okay, great. Let's take the time. I, let's start over here. You want, you, you, you've, you've been recommended. I've been recommended to you and, and you would like to sit. Let's sit down and let's start over. So here's how I work. And here's what I'm, this is, what are you looking for? And not necessarily get into what Corey did wrong or Corey, Corey, this bad, bad, bad. It is, here's what's going on. Here's the things that I can share. What was the things, not about Corey, that you didn't um, have a good understanding of? Or whatever the case may be. Because, you know, things will come out. So I can I can certainly listen um, closely as possible and figure out was it that communication and were you only communicating with one side of the transaction as in a spouse and the other one was feeling left out because that happens we get blamed as real estate professionals for a lot of things even in their own relationships as as you know sometimes yeah. you know 
especially when you're dealing with extended family members, maybe you're helping mm -hmm. settle an estate, they will throw you under the bus because they're, again, emotional, they, you know, more than mm -hmm. anything else. They're always a power play. Um, yeah. there's, there's always, from when it comes to that. So I always want to sit down and, and start fresh. Here's what I do. Here's what I can provide for you. Here's the steps. Here's the process. Now tell me a little bit more about what's going on with you. Now, quite frankly, I sit down, when I sit down with somebody, I'm always asking them the questions first before I'm even getting into dialogue, finding out what's important for them. What are they looking for? What are they trying to accomplish? Where do they see themselves? What have they looked at that they liked? What have they looked at that they didn't like? You know, I want people to describe all those things. I want to uncover um, all the things that they might um, have, may not even thought about saying. And then maybe there's times that I might be a little bit of um, a, not a confrontation, but just to clarify. So you're trying to clarify when they say, so they, you say you want a four bedroom house, but you, um, you've only been looking at three bedrooms. You pick out three bedrooms and that's what Corey was showing you. Why is that? Mm -hmm. And, and again, tell me, I mean, I'm a big thing is why? Yeah. Why, why? Because if I can get them to really understand what they're saying, it's a lot easier for them to want to tell me what's going on with them. So, yeah. And sometimes these people don't even uh, like, they won't even, nobody's asked them why. Right. So they don't, they don't even know. And they're like, no, you know what? Well, I, I don't know why I keep looking at three bedrooms. Right. Like I don't understand. I, I honestly, I don't even know. And sometimes it's surprising to me too. When I have in the past, I would say since, uh, yeah, I would say since January, I've had two buyers come to me that have been in that situation where, they were working with an agent. They didn't like them. And it's, I, I like your approach that you start over with them mm -hmm. where you meet them from, from ground zero. We start, here's, here's my, uh, do you do the whole, like, uh, the buyer presentation meeting and all oh, yeah. that? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you have the same, uh, system just not to get off track, but do you have the same system for buyers well, and sellers? You know, get off track. Isn't that what this is all? The, the yeah, I know. Right? This is the, welcome to the show, everybody, maybe, where we maybe, talk about maybe, real estate and then we talk about hippos in the next yeah, yeah. no no ultimately you could rename the podcast you know get off track there i, I, I yeah so uh, so no in essence oh yeah I, you know if my goal is to be able to sit down with somebody and make sure they understand what they're going to be going through so if i can manage what's going on for them by having that conversation up front and alerting them to here's some of the here's some of the pitfalls i want to do that absolutely yeah, Best yeah, thing I can ever do is sit down with somebody face to face. And yes, do I have a routine? Absolutely. Finding out what they're looking for, finding them to, to um, clarify some things, what's important to them, what's not important to them. And again, I ask it that way because sometimes people go, I don't know, you know, so if you, if you peel back that onion, you know, from that standpoint, you yeah. will uncover more things. So sometimes there, some people, they know exactly what they want. Other people will only speak about the things that they don't want. Mm -hmm. And and yeah. then you can figure that out. Then I'm going to get into certainly all the things that are important as far as additional disclosures that we haven't talked about in complete detail. Fair housing, how I work at, from an agency relationship, how I work with a contract, I'm in a buyer broker agreement, and going over the contract to purchase because they're going to see it. I want you to see that today now before 
you are told you have to have an offer in tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. And I'm shoving it at you at 9 o'clock at night and you've never seen it before. Let's I'm stealing answer that. all like that. those questions. Because that is today's world right now. Yeah, right. Uh, more than anything else. Yeah. No, that's I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take that from my buyer presentation because I like I like that giving the contract to them ahead of time. Because uh, I mean, no matter what, when I meet with a buyer, I do have like a buyer presentation. I'm still, it's like a basketball player when he's he's practicing his free throws. Like I'm st I'm still trying to chisel away and find like the perfect, you know, flow for it. Um, but what I do is, if a buyer's never written an offer, I do something like this where it's face to face. Google now I use Google Meet, right? And I can yeah. type up the whole purchase offer right there in front of them. Connecting what we were talking about earlier, there is a buyer that I'm working with that their last agent never did that. And they just said, all right, what's the purchase price that you want to buy the house? Okay, what are you putting down? Okay, here, I here's the contracts in your email, sign it. And then that's this is the first time home buyer, the guy, the buyer's never once seen a purchase contract at all. Right. And now right. they have to click and sign. I don't know, it just makes me so nervous, you know, especially because it's it's a very emotional thing right it's a very it's a it's a big deal and especially to that person you know well, well again you know talking about managing the situation now if they don't understand what the process is and what comes next they're going to push back and be angry about it or or a little bit hostile because they're frightened by what comes next they don't know what the process is they don't know what's in that contract they don't know what they're responsible for what the seller's responsible for you're setting yourself up for drama problems yourself let alone the consumer that you're trying to help i mean the number right. one issue in real estate is communication it's like number a lot one. of people, number one issue from that standpoint so why don't you want to communicate yeah and guess what you have to tell them more than once the same information because we can only absorb so much information at a time but if you give them the big picture and then as you go along, you break it down. I will say during the pandemic and certainly even prior to that, I really miss the interaction when they're in my car mm. because that's when we can have a lot of other dialogue about the house. So now if you're meeting somebody and you're meeting with this house and then they're driving separately because they've got GPS, so they now know where to go um, right. and they're not dependent on you you're no longer getting that conversation in the car about the house and maybe their lifestyle a little bit more hearing that back and forth. And, and that itself can be really helpful for them in that process, let alone for me knowing that I can narrow the focus for them because the better I know them, the better I can give them information and tell them why, you know, they want to see this one house, you know, I'm happy to show it to you, but, Here's my concern. You don't like this, this, and this, and that house has everything. You know, there's an old saying, phrase that um, Howard Brinton, which was a great trainer, which I know I've talked to you about once in the past, yeah. is, you know, it, it's it's that, you know, pop-up, you know, um, a pop-tart, you know, in that sense. You know, just get up and go and rush out the door and show a property without any information, without any knowledge. So you may have met their needs for being available, but you didn't help them with the process. You didn't help yeah, them yeah. with everything else. Right. Which, right. Which, which is not always great. Do you, man, that, that bit in the car ride, I think is, 
is really important because that's a two-sided coin, right? Because that's on the one side, you get to, like you said, you get to kind of chisel away at what they want. But at the same time, the other side of the coin is they get to know you more as an agent. And especially when social media wasn't around, I think that helps a lot of people because they want to A, know that they're going to like you overall and B, that you're somebody that is uh, providing value to them, right? So I could definitely see, like I've, because I started in 2018 and already by then, I I think I maybe took like two or three clients out in my car, but like during pre-COVID. So I didn't really get to to hone a process, but it's interesting that you say that. I like that that point of view because I don't, you don't hear that. It's mostly like social media these days. People get a, a glimpse of you on, on social media. And that's right. kind of why I'm so transparent about my social media is because I, a lot of people want to be invested in in you because they they genuinely like you as a person, right? Oh, sure. I mean, people want to do business with people that they like. I mean, you know, from that standpoint, you know, so even if the person that says, oh, I don't care about that, they do. They, they yeah. do want to make sure that they part of it is trust and relationship. So that trust does develop by knowing who you are and knowing what a little bit about you. They don't want to know too much. Yeah, right. They don't don't want to know too much. Only because, you know, ultimately it's not about you. It's about them. So they, they do, they do appreciate. I mean, there's so many times that over the years I've had people say, oh my gosh, you know, Martin, you work so hard. You really need need to take some time off after this transaction. (laughs) You know, it's like after you sell us your house. Yeah. After this is done, then you should take some time off because, (laughs) oh my gosh, you work really hard. I don't know how you do it sometimes, but not with us because it's about us right now <laughs> yeah right right like take your time off but that 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 don't go next weekend we need don't you go. we're gonna go. we, we know you're gonna go on vacation this weekend so we're gonna bombard you with showing requests and stuff yeah yeah <laughs> sometimes you know it's the nature it's the nature of yeah, the business it, it is but you, you know you as i said before you do have to protect your time and make sure that you're doing that but you know going back to the car you know something that popped in my head as you were describing that i'm sure you and Brittany have great conversations when you're in the car because yeah. you're, you're equal, you're mm-hmm. sitting across from each other, you're equal. You know, there's not the distractions of the life going on at that moment in time. You can have great conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you know, as your son gets a little bit older and you need to have some conversations with them, you put them in the car because that's where they're trapped and that's where you have the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> that's where they're trapped, Corey, and they can't escape the father talk. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly right. But 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 with that, I mean, you know, that is if you I'm sure if you can think back and maybe some different times in your own life, you can have some great conversations with whoever you might be in the in the car with, whether it's a deep conversation, whether it's a sincere conversation. You, you never know. Yeah, yeah 100%. Or, or I'm sure for you, you probably were in trouble a lot. You had to be in yep. the car. We're going for yep. a car ride. 100%. <laughs> Mom yelling at me for something stupid I did when I was younger or something. I don't know. <laughs> so how has uh, how has COVID affected your bit? It's affected everybody, and everybody usually says that they're now shifted more online. But how have you adapted with basically jumping over the hurdle that is COVID, the pandemic? Uh, you know, fine. To me, we, you know, you talked about Google Meet and whether it's Zoom or any other, you know, you know, video style app, you're now just pivoting and using that technology as a tool 
to accomplish the same thing, seeing somebody, having the conversation, whether it's a phone or a smartphone, whether it's FaceTime or, or whether it's Zoom or whether it's Google Meet or any of those other things, you're now accomplishing the same things just in a different way. Yeah, you might have to work that much harder. And yeah, when we first were shut down last um, spring from March to April and in, into almost the end of May, where you couldn't even meet with somebody at the property and you were only showing properties via yeah. Zoom. Only you know, with your phone. Only with your phone from that standpoint. You know, you know, during that time period, there's some people that I was working with that I had sold houses to before. So I I felt a little bit more comfortable. But you know, from a from a agent's standpoint, you go, oh my gosh, you know, that's a little bit harder. But I also have to remember when they're going into a house, if I, you know, if I'm representing them as a buyer agent, so I'm representing them and I'm going into the house, and if they saw something that I know they wouldn't like. If I'm doing it on a video device, I'm going to say, well, you're not going to like, you know, you're not going to like that or, you know, walking in, you know, you sometimes you can smell things in a house. Boy, the house really smells good here. Or, you know, there's a lot of natural light, things that you don't necessarily see on that little video box that they're looking in front of. This room really has a lot of natural daylight. Yes. Oh, my gosh. it, It. it smells it it's it's it smells like cats in here you know <laughs> because but those are the things you would say or you would have conversations about if you were there in person so you got to remember to have those exact same things yeah. online and yes it does take longer you know a i found certainly for doing it uh, justice for video for a consumer that was not in the house and they're only on the on that video device is you know you're going through again and maybe that 15 minutes to half an hour is now 45 to an hour to go through that house because, mm-hmm. you know, it's harder for them to absorb and feel. So I'm always trying to tell the story as I go through the house. And I try to do that in a lot of things. I want to tell the story, whether it's from the front sidewalk to the front door, to the living room, to the dining room, to the kitchen. I want them to feel like they're walking through, whether it's still photos or whether it's that video. Because that's how they're going to be. Or sometimes, you know, be, okay, okay, here, here's the kitchen back door. This is probably the door you're going to be coming in all the time. Here's what the view looks like, you know, as you're coming in yeah. every day at the end of the day. Because right. that's probably what they're going to do anyway. And, and, and if there's an objection that they're not going to like, I want them to know up front, right then and there, you know, you're not going to like this. Or, mm-hmm. you know, you know, you really, you really haven't liked this in the past, but I think it's better in this house because of X whatever the case may be. Right. Now, looking back on like the 2000, it was a 2009 housing market crash, right? When you were 10. What was that? When you were 10. Yeah, no, I was, um, 2009, I graduated high school. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, Martin. I'm not, I'm not trying to age you. I just, I want to pick your brain because I think this is a, an interesting correlation. I started real estate when I was 10, Corey, so don't. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I was 10 then. <laughs> yeah, I was 10 then too, so that's okay. Uh, hey, I'm young at heart. So That's all that matters though, right? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Exactly. So, but so, like looking back on the, the housing market crash to COVID, do you think there are any similarities or do you think they were totally opposite ends of the spectrum? Yeah. They're opposite in some aspects, but it's just 
I don't care whether it's a seller's market, a buyer's market, a neutral market, a normal market, you're helping people. You're helping people with their housing. You're helping people get through a process that may feel complicated and overwhelming because they're not doing it all the time. So whether it's stress because as a seller in the 2009, there was a lot of houses for sale versus a stress that a buyer experiences now, whether pre-pandemic or now in pandemic, and there's not a lot and there's stress. It's stress helping them through that time period to get them to achieve what they're looking for. That right. So, you know, the story changes, but the plot line is the same. You're helping them through it. And sometimes, you know, even when you're selling people because maybe they're going through a divorce or there has been a death or they need to downsize even though they don't want to, you're helping them get to their next stage in life. And that is part of the journey that we ex get to experience with them because we know that's putting them in a better situation, whatever that case may be, and getting on with their life. Yeah. No, that's... So that is a great way to look at it because I think like there was um I heard an agent talk that say that like this is this market is even crazier than when the housing market was in 2009. I don't I have no idea what it was like being an agent at that time other than um like you had mentioned the house is sat on the market way longer than mm -hmm. than right now. Yeah, um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. We're this is not a normal market court. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? It's so insane. Yeah. I yeah. just, I, I feel bad because I, it's like constant heartbreak for these people. But I mean, what are you going to do? You know, it's an experience that you're going to take with you because you're going to be in this career for a long time. And you're going to take that experience and you're going to be able to apply it in a lot of different ways. And if we come through with something of a different kind of crisis where there may be a similar shortage of supply, you'll be able to pull that out of your history that you have and being able to use it and apply it at that point. So every yeah, market yeah. is really helpful. Every market gives another experience that we can share and use and use it to um, thrive on because ultimately, as I said, we're always helping people. We just have to adjust to what the conditions are, but we're still helping people through that process. Yeah. And adjusting is a big part of this job because there's so many, I mean, you look at real estate from, I mean, when you had started to now to the fact that the MLS used to be like in a book, right? Like there was no, you would only see okay, a picture. Wait, 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 wait a minute, Corey. Wait, wait, wait. Even before I was around when there, there was actually a computer. Now it was, uh, you know, I was, it was a dummy terminal, but it really wasn't a computer, but it, but it wasn't, uh, you know, a, a, um, a three ring binder that was long gone, but there were books. There were right. still books at that point. Uh, People watching right now are now watching our friendship crumble. Now that I, now that I <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Corey, not at all. Not at all. That's hilarious. Um, but, but, but that's our know, job, right? Our whole career is like changing and morphing and okay. So the, now we're moving from books to what's a computer. Now the internet, now, now Zillow, now there's a, like, it's always something that well, you know, you're like, well, Zillow being an advertisement vehicle, Zillow being a broker, um, you know, um, uh, you know, different business models always have been challenges, but how do you 
learn and adapt. There, there was a great um, news article in um, the last two weeks um, that I shared with my office of an office meeting because I needed to talk to them about some of the proposed changing for fair housing that was really going to have some impact. Um, everyone believes in fair housing and everyone wants to do that, but there was you know, some different um, bills that were passed in the Senate, but haven't been passed in the assembly. And I wanted to share that with, with the agents within my company to be able to have an understanding before it occurred. And then there were some other things that I wanted to have some conversations about. And so there, it's a matter of maybe, hey, there's some change. And with change is moving forward and change is all part of that journey. But my theme of my office meeting at, um, at that point was um, based upon, uh, there was a, in Seattle, Two, almost two weeks ago now, um, a woman in her not, who was 90 um, woke up on Sunday morning and it had s- snowed overnight and there was a foot of snow. And the, on the foot of snow, she realized at 6 a.m. in the morning that she could not drive to get her vaccine at 9 o'clock. And, and so she realized that she couldn't drive, so she put on extra socks, laid herself up, um, got out her walking sticks and walked in that snow Ugh. three miles to the vaccine site. Jeez. And, and, and she, and so the story was, I was in Washington Post, but plus I also on, on some news outlets and, and, and the, she felt bad because she was five minutes late. <laughs> <laughs> but, but with that, you know, even further the best part of the whole, uh, whole that whole journey was, is that, they said, did she get at least get a ride home after that? And they said, oh, no. And there was the daughter was telling, no, she walked home from that standpoint. And, 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 and the best line was her daughter said, my mother's a person who doesn't look for problems. She looks for solutions. And so the theme of my office meeting was I was prepping everybody from that standpoint. I said, some people look for problems be the person who looks for the solutions. So there are challenges that we're faced with every day, whether it's how minute or how big it might be or how much we might have to pivot or how much we might need to um, change our focus. And, you know, we had our day planned and something got thrown out of, out of whack. You'll find the solution and you move forward. So that's, that's exactly, exactly. COVID, COVID being a uh, real estate agent right now. Absolutely. So, you know, when you were saying, you know, as far as how did I do it, I I, I quickly tried to learn. I, you know, I've been on Zoom before, but I hadn't conducted stuff on Zoom. So I, I'm always trying to find. So I kept myself, I, my days were spent learning and understanding and, and experiencing from other people. I love to learn things from other people. That's one reason why I love to t- be able to talk with you is that, you know, you may think, oh my gosh, Martin, I'm learning from you. No, you know, there's, it goes both ways, Corey. I can learn anything from a lot of people and I want to always improve upon or apply it to me. So during pandemic, it's pivoting, it's changing, it's moving forward. And that's the good thing is you're moving forward. You could be stuck. And, you know, quite frankly, there was a lot of people within our society that were stuck yeah. during that period right. and, and, and resisted. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. Um, and, and now maybe that was the best thing for them because that's how they dealt with it. So I respect that. But at the same time, that's not me. 
and and also I need to make sure that I'm going to be, you know, not to say sound too cliche, I need to be the leader for whether it's my own company, whether it's my family, whether it's the people that I'm around, I want to make sure that I'm setting the stage. I I believe in so many things as far as integrity. I believe in being proactive. You know, yeah, there's times that, you know, I get beat up. Don't we all? Everybody. But, um, but I want to always be moving forward and figuring out how to improve and be better and 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 help. I mean, you know, I, I laugh you know, to begin with, Corey, when you started saying, you know, I said, well, what do you want to talk about? You want to go to my childhood? I mean, you know, from that standpoint, <laughs> you know, I mean, there's things that are instilled in us as 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 young individuals and in how we're grown up, how we grow up. And and those things do come out us as adults doesn't mean that you can't change if you had a childhood that was not as positive doesn't mean you can't find that golden side of things yeah, but you know yeah. ultimately there are integrity i mean you know there's so many times my you know i i share with you my parents have passed away but you know my mother saying in my ear you know if you don't have anything nice to say don't say anything you know <laughs> and you know there's times that you know that's just how i'm going to operate even if even if Corey is, you know, not the best agent for those people and they should have come to me, I'm not going to say that about Corey. Right. <laughs> I might yeah. think that, but I'm not going to say that. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, keeping the theme with pivoting. So you sold real estate for, for so many years and then you became uh, a broker manager. Uh, and you well, owned, uh, like I bought, a Remax. I a company that I was with, you know, at that time. So, I mean, I started with an independent firm and then in 92, September, um, I joined Remax Realty Plus in the broker. You was said September of 92? Yes. I was one. I know. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so think, think of all the you, you have grown since um, September of 92. So I joined <laughs> Remax Realty Plus in September of 92. Wow. And you've been there since? What? Hello. When That's you get awesome. the best company, Corey, come on. So um, in, in 90, in 96, Jim Harif was the owner and, you know, he realized that, you know, he really just wanted to sell and his passion was not managing or owning a firm. And at the time, you know, I was like, well, I, I love the Remax system. I love the concept. I wanted to stay within Remax. Should I buy it? And I was, look, I looked at a lot of different scenarios and I'm not going to get into everything, but you know, I, I had to compete to buy the company because there was other people that were looking to buy it. So I had my broker's license. So I certainly had the ability to be the broker. That wasn't my initial passion saying, oh, I want to be a broker. I love what I do in helping people every day. So October, 1996, I purchased Remax Realty Plus and became the owner and, um, and you know, in nine um, February of 2015, I purchased Remax Masters um, company that mm. that had started around the same time as Realty Plus, you know, because an independent franchise company. Um, and 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 then you know, so I manage both, and I operate now under Remax Masters as the common name for all three offices, even though Remax Realty Plus still exists, in, you know on piece of paper, but I operate as Remax Masters. So, so to kind of answer your question though, you know, was that my passion, you know, from day one? Oh, I want to be a, I want to be an owner and broker. No. Did I, did I, was it a, a piece that I said, I, I want to um, 
be in charge of my life? Absolutely. Have I grown through the process? And um, even though I'm still helping buyers and sellers, not the in, as an intense way as I did at one time, I'm helping agents build their careers and help mm -hmm. them thrive and help them learn. And, 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 and I still stay current with the market by being out there because that's still my passion. But, you know, I've learned to be able to have my passion. Hey, you know, in my view, as I've grown, Corey, um, and is, you know, everyone should do exactly the way I do it. But my growth has been, I respect that everyone operates differently in how they serve the needs of their buyers and sellers, so their clients. And let me help you do it effectively, efficiently, ethically, legally, in all the things that a broker can bring to the table. And, and those are the things. So that's, that's my growth as a broker owner to be able to do that. Yeah, and that's, you know what's interesting is, I've said this before, but real estate's like a thumbprint because it's, the way you do business and the way I do business are different and the way that somebody else does business is different for me. And it's the same with, with managers. Now I've talked to a couple of managers outside of Howard Hanna brokerage and they all do, everybody does something different, which yep. I find is, is so fascinating to me because there's one, it seems like you are kind of like 50, 50, like 50 managing 50 selling, I would say time divided, unless I'm completely off yeah. by that. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, that's a secret, Corey. Okay. That's a secret. <laughs> hush, hush. But then there's, there's some people, there's some managers that don't like to sell at all because they say they don't want to compete with their agents. And then there's one that says, no, I love selling because it still keeps me out in the field and I can still, I'm still hands on. And that's what I think drew me to this business was because that it was, there is no right way. I mean, there is a wrong way, right? You can be unethical oh, and be oh, a small, right? But, the, but, but, there, but there is no only one way. Yes. And that's the key thing. It's yeah. not, it has to be only this way. So that manager that you talk with, and that's great that you're experiencing um, people in the industry outside of your own firm that you're with to other other industries. I mean, I, I always try to pay attention to a lot of other industries and businesses because you can pick up a lot of value and, and um, awareness. So, so yes, the, per, the manager that says, I don't sell. Okay, great. So they find different ways to interact with their agents and within, within that. And that's okay. The manager yeah. that might say, I want to sell because I want to have a pulse on what's going on in the marketplace. I think that's great. I, yeah. I'm in that camp from that standpoint, you know, do I compete with my agents? Absolutely not. I'm going to give most of my business away, quite frankly, you know, so, but, because I want them to succeed, you know, you know, where you get excited about when you see a buyer um, get what they want and you see a seller sell their home and they achieve that. I get that through watching agents and helping them and being there for that support. So those same tendencies that you will have, to working with your buyers and sellers can translate to helping agents um, be successful. Yeah, that's because that's that's pretty much the goal, right? Is to help your buyer sellers uh, achieve their goal. goals, right? And now yeah. you become a manager. That's you're just shifting your focus to to the people that you employ, or the people, the, the agents that that are at your brokerage. It's right. still the same, still the same cup of tea, just a different flavor. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. But, but as you know, I mean, you know, I, I'm always happy to share tidbits if that's what somebody's looking for, whether it's in my company or outside of the company, because the more, the more we can do a better job as an industry, it helps all of us from that standpoint. Cause I never want to have somebody say, Oh my gosh, Corey was such an idiot of an agent, you know, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, right. I, I, I don't want to hear that, you know, because that only, that only hurts the industry as a whole. Mm -hmm. and, right. and that's okay. Yeah. I, I feel the same way when I hear somebody who had a bad, uh, like I had uh, somebody call on my uh, aunt's house about a listing and uh, the guy was just driving around finding for sale signs and he was calling them to see if they were available. Wasn't pre-approved. He wasn't, uh, didn't know what he was looking for. Didn't know what areas. And in the, the, probably the 10 minute conversation I had with him, he said on four separate occasions, I'm not working with another one of you agents. And I'm like, okay, yeah, sure, man. No problem. And then when he said it the fourth time, I was like, Hey man, you brought it up a couple of times. It sounds like you had like a bad experience with him. And he was like, yeah, you know, I'm not going to get into it, but uh, my last agent was kind of a kind of a grease ball, you know, and and that sucks because it's there's that there's the the saying that we're like we're we're not very trusted, right? We're like trusted right above a used car salesman, and it's so it makes me so sad because there's so many great people that buy and sell real estate that are really knowledgeable and that are great examples of mm -hmm. of what a great agent should be. Right. Yeah. Oh, and, and you know, but it's it's sad when somebody paints a broad stroke. I yeah. had a bad experience with X, so therefore everybody's the same. Right. You know, that's right. that's not fair. You know, it's yeah. not fair at all. So I mean, in the long run, I probably save myself. I compliment you. You know, you you said you've brought this up now fourth time. Now you weren't looking for the dirt on him right. on, on the agent, but you were just trying to find out what why is he bringing it up and why because obviously he's missing the boat on what he needs an agent for to help guide him and give right. him good advice and yeah. to tell him sometimes what he needs to hear. Right. And that might not be what he wants to hear. And you got it. And got well, it. that's also, that's what I like about that buyer conversation, right? Because it gives me a chance to say, Hey, look, this is the current market, right? We, a house will get thrown on the market Thursday afternoon. They don't start showings till Friday. And then by Sunday we have an offer and sometimes that's being like generous on some houses. Right. And if you don't have that and then you are like showing the house, like I just did earlier, if I didn't prep my buyers ahead of time that, Hey, this is the market. And then I said to them, Hey, we need to know uh, an answer by tonight at eight o'clock. Like that's, then that puts them in a world of hurt, like a, in a tough position. So having that conversation and being upfront about them, I think that only sets you up for success and, Maybe maybe that was missing with that with that guy. Maybe he just I don't know. He never. I didn't prod for the information. Yeah. I just I've I felt like it was especially when you bring it up four times in a conversation. I was like, all right, get it, dude. I'm not gonna throw you in my CRM. I get it. I'm not gonna blast <laughs> you with email. Okay. I'm not. I won't do that. I promise. <laughs> uh, uh, except anybody who's not in real estate. So CRM is what does it stand mm -hmm. for, Corey? Uh, customer relationship manager. So yes. it's a, a nifty little database that I throw all my clients in, and it kind of helps sure. me uh, helps sure. me keep everything organized. But but that but the key thing is that it's a relationship. Yes, you know I mean you know, so how, you're trying to have a relationship with that person, and you know and that doesn't mean that it's always um, just selling that house. It's a relationship for long term. 
So what, what do you think is like, I didn't know you yet. So what'd you say? <laughs> that guy just didn't know you yet. You know, right. Exactly. Well, that's, that's the unfortunate thing is uh, some people, especially him, it just sounds like he had just had one bad experience and that's what, that's yeah. what set him off. Or maybe he was a crazy pants and I, I saved myself. <laughs> I don't know. The world will never know. Right. Because he did not want to work with a, with a real estate agent, <laughs> you know? I mean, and who knows? And it's funny because you say we're, we deal with the emotions, but we also, I don't know what that dude's morning was like, right? Like maybe he had, maybe he was late for work. He couldn't fit in the appointment for the pediatrician and couldn't drop his kid. And then he was late for that. And then they hit him with a, a, a late fee or some crap. Like he probably just said, maybe he had. Okay. All right. You just described your day there, Corey. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, I was just, I was just thinking of, of an example. It's just, no, it's I, funny because you're just yeah. like dropped in their life, right? Like you're yeah, just like that's right. Huh. And, and, you know, and I, I compliment you, you know, from the standpoint of you, you, you tried to understand maybe there was something going on in with him. You know that you, you only got the one end of it, and you know there was a lot more in that story, and you just heard one chapter and one paragraph. <laughs> yeah, so. right. Right. Have you uh, like dabbled in rental stuff? Like, do you have your own rentals or do you mostly just work with? Um, so I, I have had two families, um, you know, m- during during the time period, I said, you know, look, I can make more money selling mm-hmm. than managing. Yep. And and so for me, you know, when I after the kids were born, Corey, I, you know, it's like I don't need to have any other headaches or be responsible for people, you know, in, in right. a, any property from that standpoint, I can be responsible for people in a company, but I don't need to be responsible for the tenants from that standpoint. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Because then so, you're on, so, you're on call 24. No, we're really like 48, 14. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I mean, you know, I always say sometimes you don't get, Hey, everyone has a need. There are, there are, there are good reasons why somebody wants to be a tenant. And there are good reasons why somebody wants to be a landlord. So, I mean, I believe in home ownership and that people should, but it's not always for everybody at that point in somebody's life. So the, it's a landlord, tenant, home ownership. They all work in many ways. You know, one of the, I say always the best example of, of a tenant, Friday night, 1130, I get a phone call. What, what, do you, what are you going to do about the hot water? I go, what's wrong with the hot water? Well, it hasn't been working since Tuesday. I go, and you're calling me on Friday night, 1130. Yeah. I said, why did you call me before? Uh, you know, I mean, you know, it's like, yeah. you know, yeah. hello, how would I, <laughs> how would I be able to take care of it? Yeah. If I didn't know about it. Yeah. And then of course, you know, from a standpoint of, okay, so now that's going to be outside of my scope of my expertise and time. Um, yeah. So I'm going to have a plumber on a Saturday now come yeah. in when something could have been taken care of on Tuesday or Wednesday yeah. or Thursday right. or Friday. Yeah. <laughs> right. They could so, have penciled so, it in, taken care of it. So, so, you know, whenever I hear somebody that says, I want to be a landlord, I, you know, great. Are you prepared? And, you know, yeah. sometimes that's that education. And there's a lot of people that say, absolutely no problem. Um, they're prepared for that. And other people go, Oh, I hadn't, I, well, I hadn't thought about that. You mean they don't do their own stuff. I go, well, you've been a tenant, haven't you? How, what kind of relationship did you have with your landlord? You know, and again, try to get them to understand, oh, 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 I never thought of that before. Do, doesn't make it wrong, but just yeah. make sure you go with 
eyes wide open. Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't think I'd, it's, I have just like, there's all this real estate bucket list. It's like do a commercial deal, do buy your own two family and manage it for a bit. And then that's like, do a flip. Right. So I have all these things on my bucket list and I don't, I haven't checked anything of those off quite yet, but uh, I'm working on it. But what is your time worth? So can can you make more money by helping people buy and sell versus that flipping? Because that is a time intensive because you're now going to be hands-on more than likely to make it most profitable. And I'm not saying that you can't have that experience, but is that the best thing for you, Corey? I don't know. Um, It also takes time away from you and your family. Is that the best thing for you in your life from that standpoint? It it, it may not be. Again, everyone has different reasons why they do things and how they operate in their own home life and everything else. So, you know, like I said, for me, it was a great thing. My first house was a two-family. Best thing I ever did. Yeah. But sometimes you've got to change and you move on and you say, okay, yeah, I, 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 I can live without that piece of it. I can help people while. who want to buy or sell right. and I can do that. And I can, you know, and it's, you know, I say make more money, but I can spend my time more wisely. All right. Right. And I, I mentioned doing a commercial deal and I know you've done commercial deals uh-huh. What is the biggest difference between like a residential and a commercial deal? I feel like we could literally do a whole podcast on that alone. Oh, but I think just at a surface topic. level. So, you know, I, honestly, the, the biggest thing is, <laughs> you know, um, sometimes people think a oh, commercial is that mysterious and that much more grand. You're still dealing with a person, even if it's not their money, they're doing it on behalf of a company, which still they have a budget. They still have, they still have responsibility. It's still emotional. Yeah. You know, because it's, you're still dealing with people and how, whether it's an office building or land or, you know, whatever the case may be, it's still emotional. And how does it make somebody feel from that standpoint? um, Honestly, I think there's, there's, there's much more emotion that goes into residential and, Mm -hmm. and thought than commercial. Where, yes, there is, as I, you know, certainly can say that it might be a little bit more factual in some ways, but it still does have that dialogue. Um, Residential agents are typically much more involved in the transaction than a commercial agent is what I thought. Oh, interesting. And and there's good agents out there. So I'm not trying to say that in any any way, but it's, it's just a different, it's a different type of personality many times. Gotcha. Yeah, that that makes sense. I hear that's what I've heard. That commercial is less emotional, but it's still a big part. They're still going to buy there. They're still the first, like a first time uh, somebody's open up a mom and pop dog salon. That's 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 emotional buy for them. That's not well, just. Well, when you look at that, okay. So now you're now talking about somebody's livelihood, somebody's passion. Yeah. I mean, for somebody to work with a dog salon, you know, they have to love what they're doing. And they have taken that and they're putting all their life savings into creating this. And, you know, that in itself is really scary for a lot of people. Whether it's buying that building or even leasing that space, they, they have their, their whole future is, is, is on the line at that point. Because if they, if they make a wrong move, it could be, it could destroy their business. 
whether it's not the whole thing. It's not the whole thing. Right. Yeah. Right. Man, that's yeah. One day, one day I'll do a commercial deal. I'm I'm telling myself one 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 day. Yeah. So last question I'll ask. Oh, can I can I ask a question after this last question? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. okay. Go, go ahead. But you got your question first. Oh, so. okay. All right. Gotcha. So, do you have a daily routine or a weekly routine, and and what what does that look like? I wish my routine were more consistent. How about that? So, but mm. you know, there are routines, whether they're the most effective at all or not. Um, you know, I, I try to um, start my day by triaging what I'm going to be doing, whether it's um, planning out the things that maybe came in from overnight or, or realizing there was something that, um, that needed to be on the front burner versus the back burner and then trying to lay things out. But, even though, you know, from a sales standpoint, let alone a, a broker owner and manager standpoint, I'm here to be flexible to be with that. So, yes, I have to carve out time to do certain things, whether it's an appointment to, to show somebody something or an appointment to sit down with an agent and talk about their goals and their plans and where they're at and help them with a script or a dialogue. So there's those times that are precious, but I'm also here just to be I was talking to my wife before um, earlier this evening, and I kind of made the comment that we are, you know, certainly the the time period. One of the downsides of the pandemic is that people are um, starved for human connection at different times. Yeah. And and today, my day wasn't bad this afternoon as far as I was going to be working on some projects, but I had three agents that um, aren't necessarily always in the office. I mean, again, from a you know, we're supposed to be working remotely as best as possible. I'm physically here in the one office at, this afternoon and they're coming in and they're like, oh my gosh, so I can talk, you know, yeah. they're getting that connection. So yeah. I had three hours just spent with three agents catching up on life yeah. business, and, right. and things that were important to them, which to me is important for me. Did I have that planned the first thing this morning? Absolutely not. So yeah. triage figure out, um, I, I try to personally get things scheduled from a um, conversation or a meeting first thing in the morning, because as the day goes on, things can go awry and you need to be more flexible. Um, personally, I try to um, make sure that my Monday, I try to schedule as little things as possible on Monday so I can be available from all the different things that have been stewing over the weekend. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> because, yeah. The, you know, from an agent standpoint, there's a lot of things that could have been moving parts and maybe they need some help now on Monday. Now mm-hmm. on Monday, it's the law offices and the banks saying, we need this and we've got a deadline. So Monday, people get all revved up and oh, yeah. you've got to be ready to go for them more than anything else. Yeah, right. So. It's interesting because when I talk to people, it's funny when I ask that question because some people it's kind of cool because I get to see in their, in their mind a little bit, like some people will be like, why? Yes, I do have a, I do have a routine and I, I grab my cup of coffee. I write in my notebook for 10 minutes and then I do meditation or then I, I get my coffee. I do the MLS and then I work out for an hour and then everybody has a different routine that I like. Oh, absolutely. So I'm, I, I would just do a plug here, Corey, from that standpoint, my day starts off. Typically I have, a great um, perk in the morning. My wife brings me a cup of coffee every morning. Really? Yes. That's amazing. I. It's a. It is 
it, I'm so lucky. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That's adorable. Uh, every, you know, so, every morning? Every morning. Well, oh, let me man. take that back. On Sundays, no, not necessarily. Yeah. I have to, so. She's like, Sunday, but, get your own damn coffee, Martin. Uh, uh, <laughs> Uh, you were close, but you need to be. <laughs> no, so, so, so that is, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm very lucky, very, very lucky, but, yeah, but so my routine is, you know, it may not be as rigid as some people that's going to say, I'm going to take care of myself, but I am taking care of myself because I'm trying to, um, get myself centered for the day to get forward. I would love to do more. Yeah. Right. That's the thing. There's not enough time in the day to do everything you want to do. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's the tough part. Yeah. So, so what Corey, question do you have for me? Oh, I, I got it. I got, I've got a few questions here. Oh, okay. So, All right. What's, so what's the best thing about real estate? Oh, wow. I, all right. So here's, here's a good answer. I like connecting with old friends. It gives me a reason to, so I'm listing a house next week that is from a friend of mine. I was friends with in fifth grade and then he moved away and him and I were like, we were like, we were buds. And then he moved to, uh, he went to a different school district and we reconnected on the Facebook like a couple years ago. And then randomly he just emailed me like last week and said that him and his wife are thinking about selling us, selling their house. So I get a great excuse to connect with people. I would not have talked to in a very long time into, I, I like, like I left retail because it was not, it was not fulfilling for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Like in this job gives me a chance to do something fulfilling for myself, but also for, for another person without being completely self-centered. But no. I do like it because I get, I get a, a good feeling out of what yeah. I do. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. So what's the biggest challenge that you have? Oh, that's good. These are good questions, Martin. You can't prepare, dude. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm just. I'm now curious. So I think the the surface level, the 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 biggest hurdle, right? Is what you yeah. say? Uh, what what's the biggest challenge that you biggest, have? Yeah, the could, biggest challenge. I mean, life, business. You know, so I'm 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 I can be a little flexible. Yeah. No, I would say obviously service level, not enough houses to satisfy all the buyer needs for stuff. That's, I I think that goes without being said, but also juggling my life, you know, like juggling, juggling all the balls in the air, like the family, the, the teaching, the real estate. So it's like Ashton, you know, it's like all these different balls that I'm trying to keep in the air. And I heard a quote um, a couple of weeks ago that I really liked that. It was, you know, in life, you're constantly juggling balls, but your job is to remember which ones are made of glass and which ones are made of stone in case you drop them, right? If I drop real estate and I leave my phone at home and take a family day, is that really going to hurt my business? Probably not, right? It's a stone ball. I could pick that. I can pick that ball up and answer those text messages when I get back. But if I drop the family one, that's going to be a little bit harder to, to put that back together. I think yeah. that's the hardest thing. And because I'm going, I went from a job that says you, you open today, you're off tomorrow. You close when you come back and then you open the day after that. I went from a job that ex- I know exactly what I'm doing every single day. And I have the set schedule to a job where I'm like, all right, what did I do? That's real estate today. 
did I use my time effectively? How could I have done something better? All right, let's, I got to spend time with Brittany. I got to make sure everything's good at home. I got to make sure like, so it's, that is probably the biggest hurdle for me. Even doing this since yeah. 2018 is, is probably the biggest challenge for me, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. It's but, tough. I mean, how do you do it for, for you being in it for so long? Like you, would you say you're really good at it or do you, do you think it's just something that, that you have to like continuously focus on every day? Um, it's something that um, you always have to stay focused on because it's easy to get off, off the rails at different times. Um, it's easier as life goes on, you know, because then you get right. to be a little bit more, um, confident maybe is my way to look at it or certainly not not that you don't care but you can accept things you know where they may go i love your analogy as far as the glass balls versus the stone ones quite i frankly. love that it's my favorite so, quote i love it i yeah. i completely paraphrase it and i probably butchered it but that's that's pretty much the gist of it you know you know there's so many things that come in and 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 how it gets rearranged in our own whether it's our own heart or our own mind and how we can relate to it I think it came out beautiful from that standpoint. So there we go. Question, you know, I mean, here's the thing. I, I, I can, I can be a nice guy, Corey. You know, I know, I, you know, from time obviously, to time. that's but, why I like you, know, you Martin. Yeah, but you know, but there's, you know, you can get your feelings hurt, you know, because people can reject you or people can be mean. Dude, and that's another one. And that that sometimes is hard. And maybe they're lashing out and you can look at it objectively, but still it does hurt from that standpoint at, at yeah. different times. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've had, I've had, you know, dealing with people and again, that emotional, they, they lash out, you know, as, as we age, as we get more experiences, as we get all those different things, it can still hurt, but probably gets easier because you can say, okay, I'm at peace with myself from that standpoint. Yeah. And, yeah. and sometimes it takes that real jab and that real heartache for that to happen. Um, yeah. But, you know, I mean, you know, I, I, I envy you because you are, you know, you are posting the pictures of your life and, you know, with your son and that you're doing those things. And th those are moments that you will never get back. So I, I compliment you for that. Oh, so thanks. my last question is, so what's your proudest moment, Corey? Jesus proudest moment in life it, oh know, in life what, your proudest moment so oh, that, yeah. that can be family could be real estate yeah. could be um um what what you got in trouble for when you were five years old i don't really care. yeah right <laughs> so. I i'll break it into two like family obviously i think the proudest moment is ash and being born that was that was a a really powerful experience that still today affects the way i think in, in a lot of ways. And I mean, and, in real estate, man, my proudest, proudest moment. I don't know. I, I had a really good January. I had the, like, I had the most sales I've ever put out in January. I felt really good about that, mm -hmm. but proudest, proudest moment. I mean, Ashton obviously takes the cake on that one. Right. I mean, that's number one slot, but in real estate, I don't know. I to me, I part of me says I I care about being a top producer, but the other part of me doesn't. 
I'm, I'm like, I'm more concerned about being a good, a good father, but there's still a good part of me. I'm just competitive in nature. And that's another, another thing I'm trying to right? You said, what's the toughest thing to get over in this business? And that's trying to be as stoic as possible, right? Try to take the emotion out of everything. And then when you see somebody who like, you guys started at the same time and they're, they're like constantly hitting numbers. You're like, damn it. What's wrong with me? Like trying to take that part out of it can be tough too, but it's, it's the game, dude. That's how it is. Right. Oh, don't say it's the game. That's the the game. Yeah. The game makes it sound like slimy, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's 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 one of my pet peeves when I do hear people (laughs) say, you know, the real estate game, like it's not a game. You know, um, you know, you're, you're not, you're not, you're not playing with somebody, you're helping somebody, you know, or whether it's, um, a deal. I, that's, that's always a pet peeve of mine, a deal, you know, that, that sounds very one-sided. It's a transaction. You're helping somebody with a process more than anything else. So, but those are my pet peeves. So you can do a whole show on pet peeves. I, you know, that, that I have, I have a whole sack full of those. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, this was a great pod. I'm glad. I'm glad we did this. This is a lot of fun. Every time I talk to you, I feel like a I learn stuff, and two, I like you that much more. Uh, well, thank you. I, I I I enjoy having the conversation with you. I don't know why anybody wants to hear this though. I mean, you know me. <laughs> well, because so. I think people can learn, even if they're not in real estate. I think they can learn. They can learn something for, from it. And I, Martin, I like you because you're a genuine person. So it and other people are going to see that, and you're passionate about what you've been doing since 1985. I mean, that's, listen, I'm, I'm going to say it's a long time without hurting your feelings, but that's, that's an extraordinary <laughs> amount of time that I think is a great example of, yeah. of why you are such a great agent, right? Like those, those agents that have been around for a while, those are the ones that I know are, are, are really genuine. And they mean what they say when they say, Oh, I just love helping people, you know, like, I think that's usually what people say when they first get in the business. No, and usually they say, I love looking at houses. Yeah, yeah. I love looking at houses. I love HGTV. <laughs> you are in for a surprise. surprise. It has nothing to do with houses. It has to, everything to do about people. <laughs> that's right. That's so, right. Yeah. Martin, I appreciate you. Thanks for doing this. Hey. And I can't wait to put this out in into the internet. This is going to be great. Uh, Corey, thank you for the opportunity You're a good man. If you like this episode, make sure you review it, subscribe, follow. If you share anything from the podcast, just use the hashtag Corey cast and I want to say thank you so much for listening it means a lot to me the joy I get from putting these out is undescribable to me the fact that I have my friends texting me telling me how much they love that episode or they love this guest it really means the world to me and because of you guys I get to do something that I love very much so appreciate you guys very much love you